It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! That's a shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. Man United have been terrible. We've been great. Eight wins out of the last 10. And those two that we didn't um, win were a steady draw against Burnley and a game that we should have won. One that wasn't for awful refereeing against Manchester City. So we're feeling good. We're doing well. All the stats are looking good. The points are looking good. We're fourth, which is great. Um, and things are looking good elsewhere in Arsenal Editor, which we'll get into in a moment. We've actually got two new people joining us today um, for the podcast, which is very exciting, and hopefully they'll be joining a lot more as well. We've got two people uh, from very different areas of the world. So I'll start with Ollie, because with all due respect, Ollie, it's actually less impressive than where Ron's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> How's your internet, Ollie? Thanks for joining us. Feeling yeah, um, the internet's it's taking along. Um, yeah. It's maybe just... Scotland, it's called the internet doesn't work. I think that might be what it is. <laughs> well, you're calling from a shed in the middle of Scotland, like you are. That as well. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Actually, like weirdly, in my flat, um, we we pick up Wi-Fi from something that's called official Arsenal FC. And for the life of me, I can't figure out what it is because I don't live close enough to the stadium. Look, I'm looking now. Here we go. Official Arsenal Football Club Wi-Fi. I think like maybe <laughs> maybe a player lives here. Not that I've seen. Maybe it's like a youth player or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or maybe somewhere that like guests will stay. Before, oh, pff, who knows, mate? It's definitely not that nice today. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I digress. Yeah, good to have you on, Ollie. How you doing, Ron? You. So this is what I was going to say is more impressive. So Ron is actually calling in from Singapore, which, uh, what time is it out there, Ron? It's currently about, well, 4.56 a.m., the time that we're recording this. Um, but yeah. Uh, great to be here. Uh, been um, just studying anyway, so this is normal timing for me, really. <laughs> more impressive than I think I've been doing Arsenal Editor for a good couple of years now, but I can't say I've done anything that's more committed than waking up at 4am for it. Um, so, no, very, very, very impressive. I'm looking forward to speaking to you both about um, the, the game and uh, taking all the questions from people that have kindly submitted it on the Instagram. So, um, I think what's what will be really good to start off with is um, we have had some news and developments in the Arsenal editor um, Arsenal editor team really. So I think we've mentioned that we've got a new website coming out. We've got basically but between fifteen and twenty people who are going to be contributing regularly to a new website. I spoke to about eighty, even ninety people around the world, and we've really got a great group of people now doing that. And this is where Ollie and Ron have come from, so that's really exciting. Um, keep. Uh, keep your finger on the pulse, see what happens there. But also the other news is obviously it's International Women's Day, uh, which is great. And we've now fortunately also got a team that's doing extremely well in the Champions League and the WSL, which is great. Um, and instead of sort of just doing a bit of a post about it and going, yeah, great, International Women's Day, look how good it is. We, we, we kind of realised actually, and it was something we realised a while ago, that we don't post as much content as we should about the women's team, particularly because they're flying high. We've got the best you know, some of the best players in the world. Um, but also it's a big part of the club that's growing massively and particularly, you know, and Alex Scott, Leah Williamson and, and a few others actually follow us as well. So it's it's, it's certainly important to do so. So we've committed to, um, got someone on full, full time as such on the Instagram um, to be posting regularly about the women's team, trying to make it as close to a 50-50 split as we, as we can. Um, 
but also we're going to be at first doing a 15-minute segment um, at the end of our uh, every podcast um, a roundup of the women's team a bit of debate about what's going on there what's happening in the previous match that next match uh, and then slowly as we can get enough resource we've got one or, or two people at the moment we're going to break that off into a, its own separate podcast and have that as 50 50 as well um so all incoming all very exciting um and that is all the women's team as well so that'll start from next week which i'm very excited about so and if you are in london and um you are around over the next few weeks there's a big games coming up we've got the north london derby the women's game wolfsburg are coming into town and they are effectively like the psg or like Bayern munich of um, the women's game, so that's huge. They're coming to town, and it's the um, it, you know it's a knockout stage of the Champions League for Arsenal. So it's going to be exciting. I believe it's at the Emirates, so we should all get down really. So, so that's that, and um, all very exciting. Um, but yeah, a couple of other bits of news, guys. So um, Thomas Partey's just been announced as the Player of the Month. How do we how do we feel about that, guys? Ron, what, what's your what's your uh, thoughts on that? I don't know if you've seen that yet. Oh yeah, I just saw it just now. So I was digressing from doing work, but. Um... <laughs> I think I think he's been great. I, I mean, apart from his abysmal shooting, um, I thought he's just, you know, he's done really well in the middle of midfield. He's really shored it up. And I think he's finally morphing into the player that we always, that we thought we signed in the beginning. Um, he's got a good run of games and um, I think he's, he's just doing really well. Um, just really taking control of what, of this gap that's been left for years and years since maybe even Vieira has left. Yeah, and it certainly felt like that, right? And um, I do wonder, though, because we've we've had such... Well, I mean, firstly, you're absolutely right. Like, he has been sensational since basically the first two stinkers he dropped when he came back from injury. But when you think back to his career at Arsenal, he's kind of done that consistently when he's come back from injury, and that's not really a good way to measure someone. Um, and actually, he, he really has been sensational. But because there was a lot of media attention around and did his interview about the four out of tens about how you know poorly he did play one or two times and you know Everton was included in that that was one other game which I can't remember now um he's really transforming the way our midfield look and he's kind of quietly going about just how good he really can be um you know you do look at other players this month though I mean Erdegaard and Saka really do shout you know jump out I think Ben White has been really good. Gabriel, there's certainly been some shouts from Martinelli as well. But I wonder if it's something to do with the fact there was so much press in his interview. I don't know what you think about this, Ollie, but maybe there's some kind of like Arsenal going, do you know what? You really need a bit of a pick-me-up because you've been so good. And here's a bit of an award for that. I don't know. That's just like theorising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, he, he, has, he hasn't had the easiest of the runs at Arsenal so far. And I think he he definitely could benefit from the um like being confident. Um I, I think obviously being confident is important. It's uh if you're not confident you're you're always gonna struggle. So mm. I think just yeah. Yeah, definitely. He he, um, he his confidence has gone through another level, right? And um could, could you could you lean just a little bit further into your microphone when you speak just like just just so the lesson at home be able to see you just Sorry. uh that's all good it's all good no worries um but uh yeah and obviously he pulled out another absolute blinder i thought um against watford away i don't know what you guys thought but yeah and we saw it was a game where we saw erdegaard and saka really like really go to another level like i i kind of we always knew they had this these this ceiling that which would be somewhere and certainly more you know, more confident, I guess, initially 
uh, the beginning of this um, you know, campaign that Saka probably had the highest ceiling, but they're, they're two players that are really kind of come into come into their own and they're starting to really not just play better, but they just look stronger. They look incredible and it's it's really good to see. So um, if we start at the, the beginning of the game, really. What, what did you think about the lineup, Ron, in particular? What, what, what was the, what did you think about it? I thought it was just the best 11 that we could put out, to be honest. Um, we don't, we didn't, we lost Emil Smith-Rowe to COVID and, uh, and we, and Tommy Asu is still recovering from his calf. Um, so I think on all in all, I think that was the best team that we could put out and I think we got the job done as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I think like I've always had reservations about Cedric and things like that, but I just don't, we obviously don't have another option at the moment and he's not been playing too badly. I think people sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think Cedric's been, I think he's, I think he's fulfilled his role as a backup right back. Um, I think in this game in particular against Watford, I thought his link up play was pretty good. Um, I mean, we did concede two goals in the end, but I don't think that was um, much of his fault really. But I think in this game, particularly his link up play with Saka down the right, forming a triangle with um Odegaard on the on the flanks was was really clear. Mm. Yeah, it it really really was. Um and but in the same lineup we did also see, you know, for a couple of games now it seemed Shaka just being pushed up that little bit further. Um I'm just curious to think, perhaps Ollie, what 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 do you think about how Granite Jack is being slightly used in a slightly different position being put pushed up or um you know, or if you if you feel like that's what's working for him or, or why that's happening. Right. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um I, I quite like it because we all know Jack is quite um he, he likes to get a red card here and there. And yeah. I think that's mainly down because he's quite um he gets put into situations where he needs to make the last ditch challenge. And I don't think that's where he thrives. So I think by pushing him up further and keeping Tierney back. It mm. just it prevents him from being in that situation at all. So it, basically, it, it kind of limits him from like making mistakes at the back, which concede goals, concede red cards. Mm. And I think another thing that I quite like is he's an aggressive player. So when balls are cleared out from the box, he's always going to be there first. He's a big guy. He's going to want to win that. So it kind of also helps box players, uh, the teams into their own box. Mm. Um, that, that's my take. I quite, I quite like it. Yeah. Do you think it has something to do with Tommy Asu being out? Like, I, I was kind of thinking about this the other day, and I just think, you remember that back in the day, we had Lauren on the right, and then but he kind of would be a third centre-back at points, and Ashley Cole would be the one bombing forward, whereas, you know, recently it would be Kieran Tierney bombing forward, and, and Tommy Asu would be using both his feet, you know, coming inside, but really sitting slightly further back, whereas... Cedric is the one for all of his, oh, I don't want to say lack of ability, that's harsh. He's been fine. Like, he's been <laughs> fine. But, like, he's, he, he's good or, or, or is fine at <laughs> bombing forward. Do you know what I mean? So that means that yeah. actually Tierney we've seen slightly further back, which has allowed Jacker to go up, which is kind of makes more sense. And do you think that's going to be something that goes back when Tommy Yassi's back, maybe? Or, or do you think this is something that Arteta's found? That's an interesting one. Um, I, I'm i not sure. I feel like he, he kind of makes changes to the squads and then they kind of sit there for a while. 
Mm. And then he kind of changes it again. So he kind of stays unpredictable to other teams, I guess. Um, whether he has just made this change because there is no Tommy Asso or not, I'm not too sure. Um, so I get we'll just have to see see what he what he does. Yeah, it's definitely good management. Like I, Arteta, I think particularly at the beginning of his career, you know, we, we all know he's had his, his his certainly his massive strengths, but also his his some some flaws. You know, remember particularly in that. October, November, December, back in 2020, 21. I can't remember which one it was, but um, yeah, it was it was tough times, you know, and it was it took him a long time to figure out that Emil Smith Rowe was the key. Whereas now it feels like he's learned from that, and instead of going through a cycle of being figured out by other teams and being scouted, which happens, um, we seem to be continu- continuously changing every maybe ten games or so. I think that's a bit of a guess, but. Um, I guess the other change that we should note is uh, is the kit. <laughs> what the hell was going on with that? Rob? <laughs> like, what? Like, we, oh. I mean, am I just thinking? Is that just me thinking that looks that terrible? Or is that you? Like, what's going on there? I was so confused in the beginning. I I, I had to say I, I think I spoke to a couple of people and I was just saying that it just looks like they're wearing track pants mm. because the socks are also red as well. So it just. Because if you wear your socks pretty high up, um, which normally everybody does except Jack Grealish, um, <laughs> you would you, you don't have much knee to show. Yeah. And so when you when you put your shorts down and then with the with the socks, it just from afar, if you watch it on a screen, it just looks like you're wearing track pants the entire time. Yeah. I don't know. Did you like did you like it? I, I wasn't a massive fan. I mean it was a it was a change, but I wouldn't say it was a great change. Which is just weird, like, because we've got such a good kit this season, like the white shorts, the white striped socks, you know, with the with the white striped socks, I should say, with the little hoops, mate. It's 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 yeah. about as good as it gets. I've not I've not seen an Arsenal kit like this in a long time, and I did just feel so weird. But I, like, what's the reason? Like, is this like a commercial package they put together? Is it a full quota they have to fulfil? Is it like a tactical thing? I'd like into any any ideas, Ollie? Any anything you can guess? I've no clue. I heard Arsenal wanted to they, they requested that they could play in the red mm. which oh I, really yeah i don't know why i have no clue why um it doesn't clash with watford's kit mm. um i guess maybe nah, I, I actually i have no clue maybe just spice things up why not yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe it goes all, just to confuse all. them yeah maybe <laughs> it goes around with like what we were talking about with the change of change of uh tactics and actually they're changing the kit as well <laughs> really throw people <laughs> off red means danger guys that's the kind of thing oh. but look we you know we talked about the the lineup and what we did before the game but what, what did you think of the game like what how did you how would you summarize it overall in terms of the performance guys oh so i mean i thought it was i just thought that it was such an attacking masterclass on our end i <laughs> just watching everybody in sync i thought this was one of the best games that i've seen odegaard and um saka play together and um i thought that was just so fun to watch um but obviously on the flip side on the defensive end um i mean kucho's goal was unreal and i mean it's Mm. pretty difficult to pin down anybody um but I think we could have done a bit more at the back. I think Ramsdale didn't have one of his greatest games no, I... um, in general. So, uh, but I think apart from that, I think we, we, 
we did have our hearts in our mouths, you know, towards the end of the game after Sissoko scored that second goal. Mm. Um, but I think altogether it was still a good game. I mean, um, typical Arsenal, really good attack, not that great in defence, which is a bit weird considering the Arteta sides that um, we're used to watching in the last couple of games. Yeah, it kind of felt a bit Wenger-esque, didn't it? Like it was very. It did. It did. Yeah. All, all the goals were just electric. It, like Saka is becoming this demon of a player. Like he he looks stronger. He looks bigger, mm-hmm. and he looks like Absolutely. an absolute specimen. Um, and the way that you know they linked up on the right hand side when he went to the left as well, he just looks like something else. And we're really starting to find ourselves in attack, and it's really fun to watch. Like I'm starting to feel like games are won on slightly less of a fine margin. Uh, which is a really comfortable and really nice place to be. But we are compensating with that, and we are compensating at the back. A little bit of sloppiness. Like I feel like it's not like our defensive structure was that bad. It just felt like we were making a bit stu- like a few sloppy errors. I think we were a little bit complacent. The run we're on, where we were going, and Watford not doing so well, and the attack that was going so well. Like even in the first twenty seconds, they scored. I thought it was just about offside, um, mm. but it didn't need to be. It really didn't need to be. Like we we got quite lucky. So. Um, what, what did you think about the defensive side of things in the league? I just felt it wasn't like we were shaking. We just looked kind of not so much focused, I feel. Like we, we weren't doing the simple things. Mm. Um, we, we were turning back into danger a few times and passing out. Like I, I don't want to pick on Ramsdale, but his distribution from the back wasn't so great. And I feel like that put us under pressure quite a bit. Mm. Um, there was a few times where he, he tried to play it out and they just got intercepted and instantly were on the back foot, which it, it, it's not ideal. Um, I think, yeah, just trying to keep it simple and just continue because we were doing well um, before this game and then we just, I don't, I don't know, it's kind of switched off. I think, like you were saying, a bit more complacent than, than we really should be. Yeah, it does feel like that. And it it certainly does, like, um, I think it, it, it does put into perspective, I think, when you do have to go forward, you do actually do take a risk. But it, it kind of accentuates some of the the more, I suppose, more specific and more individual errors, right, with more space, and yeah, that's going to happen. I guess Rams, Ramsdale in particular, I'm not worried about him. Um, but I think he just had such a good start. Maybe it's something to do with overconfidence. Maybe it's something to do with just one of those phases. But he, there have been a few times where he's given the ball away. But but nothing's led to a goal. Not a single one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's very fortunate. Um, and I think it's the way that it's going at the moment. Like I wrote down here, like what did they say? It was just that we're lucky that some of our sloppiness and some of our complacency at the back isn't costing us anything. We're still picking up three points every game. And I, and I don't think that's going to be the case every time. You know, we're going to have to shore up. We're going to have to make sure that we're actually concentrating at all times. We're making sure that Rams, you know, and it's not, it's not the passes that um, worries me about Ramsdale. It, it, it is a few, like, I think when you're those goalkeepers, you do tend to have high risk, high reward kind of passes. Allison makes a lot of mistakes as does Edison. When they do those things, it's the rest of which their goalkeeping sort of accentuates. Um, like he, he still did an unbelievable long pass or two, I should say, you know, when Saka took it down. So, mm. um, but look, I can't believe we've got this long without actually talking about the, the, the goals. <laughs> we were, I mean, we were, we were, we were treated today, right? Um, I mean, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, all 
underpinned by 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 Lacazette. Um, and I I kind of think it's it, it's really obvious how how good Erdegaard is, how good Saka is, um, and even Martinelli's finish. Like we we kind of know. I almost want to hear from you what what you think about Lacazette's role in this, and I'd be curious to see, you know, if you saw it as a good performance, a bad performance, and, and what this means going forward. Because I've heard quite a number of different um, things from different people, really. So, so Ron, I don't know what you think. Yeah, um, I think it's just the natural involvement to his game. I mean, he understands that he's not firing in all cylinders now. He knows that his shooting is a little bit off. Um, it's a shame that the the goal against Wolves was um, made into a Jose Sart own goal, but um, mm. because I thought I thought that would have done a boost of his confidence. But I think he's also a really team orientated player, um, which you know I think was why he differed from players like Aubameyang, and um, and so I think this is just a part of his game which we're coming to see a lot more now because there is a lot more attacking threat from our other players. Um, whereas beforehand, I think there was a lot more focus on him getting the goals. Um, but now with, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe is our top scorer of the year. And um, we have Martinelli joining in and, and Saka. I think he understands now that, you know, the, the burden isn't all on him, mm. um, which I think it's great because I think he's, he's kind of evolved into this Giroud-esque kind of player, which, which, to me, I love personally because it it, it doesn't it, it moves away from the traditional centre forward banging in thirty goals, which mm. I mean would still be great, but um, but we don't have that, and I think this is the next best thing because it gives Saka what twelve goals a season, Emil Smith Rowe another twelve goals, Odegaard could also play quite a bit, so yeah, I, I quite like it. I'm not sure what you guys think. Yeah, I, I think he. Like I've always defended him, for, particularly on this podcast. People who listen to it regularly will, will know that. And yeah, um, I think the reason the, the reason why is because I think we have to read what what his role is. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that all four of our attackers uh, were involved with each goal. Like all of them played a part or assisted a goal. You know, it's it's scored or assisted, and um, I, I think he underpins that. I think particularly but not limited to um, Lacazette, Saka and Odegaard. I think some of their qualities are and that they make everybody else around them better and we're kind of greater than the sum of our own parts. And Lacazette kind of sacrifices himself for it. You know, he's on the floor, he's backing into people, he's winning free kicks, he's laying it off for the for anybody and everybody's coming through with a little bit more skill and a bit more power than him. And, and I think that's, I think he's not, I, I think it would be unfair to say that he's taking one for the team. Right, but I really feel that he's he's doing a job for us, and he knows what his role is, as 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 is everyone else in the team. And, and credit to Arteta, but I, I kind of I kind of feel like it was a really like I love that Aubameyang's doing well in Barcelona, and I love that he did really well for us. Like I have no bad feelings towards him, but the bravery to get rid of yeah. him and to play Lacazette, we we're a completely transformed and well balanced team. Whether he's scoring or not, the fact that we're scoring more scoring more goals with him on the pitch makes a world of difference. I don't know what you think, Ollie. Yeah. Um, I like him a lot. He's a, we, we all know he doesn't score goals, but what he does, as we're saying, is they're just building from the back. He's uh, he's constantly dropping off. He's moving about. 
and he he just makes it difficult um, for the opposition mm. to defend us. Really, he's uh, he's really good at getting like finding uh, pockets of space between midfield and uh, the defensive lines, and he's he just he's always able to collect the ball. Um, when you have players like Jacka, Ben White, even uh, Party that are able to play those breaking through lines, um, it's just great. And his ball control's top notch. So he, he's happy to take the ball with his back to goal. He's happy to turn left, turn right, and then mm. play the ball out. And that is, is something that you don't see too often. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, and it's, it's something we haven't really had properly. And it begs the question: What kind of striker will really need? Um, I, I, I just don't have the answer. You know, it kind of feels like if Lacazette could bang in a few goals, he would be our absolute dream striker um, in, in a number of different ways. And we kind of need a Lacazette plus goals. <laughs> um, not, not, not that, yeah, not that we, not that we're doing badly without that. Um, but you know, I think and what's really exciting is that we all know, and this is credit to Arteta again, we all know exactly what we need to do to be even better or we know where the holes are and we know the limitations of it like before with Unai Emery like none of us had it the analysts didn't have a clue Unai didn't have a clue the players didn't have a clue you know now it's it's so obvious that everybody's going in the same direction and even someone like Xhaka who is pushing forward a little bit I think it's kind of Arteta saying well this is where we're going this is the position that we're going to need someone in and whilst we love you, Xhaka, it probably won't be you long-term, but we're glad that you can do a job for us now and hold us and when it, in the transition and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if we were to sort of run through the goals super quick, um, Ron, what do you think of the, of the first goal from Odegaard? Oh, just, it was just that, that turn that he played for Saka, you know, with Cedric and giving it to Saka, Saka giving it to, uh, Sorry, no, it was Cedric who gave it to Odegaard and then yeah. he, he turned. Just little back. And um oh that was just I mean, it's it was just like Urzo-esque, really. Mm. I, 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 I always say this to, to people that I know and I know that they're sick of me saying it already, but um I'm saying that Odegaard is just like Urzel two point for us. You know, that he has the audacity to play um these sort of these sort of balls and um well, can you could you just then, sit back a little bit i think it's a bit quite oh, okay loud. i'm sorry, so sorry. sorry a bit loud good? yeah 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 it's all good. um <laughs> but yeah i think uh just the build-up play i mean like i mentioned earlier between saka and odegaard the chemistry between the two of them really showed in this game mm. um and i think odegaard had that beautiful first touch and just banged it straight into the i don't think the goalkeeper moved um no he didn't yeah in fact I thought, I thought it was just beautiful team goal really which, which was the goal which was the goal where he just sort of fell flat on his face was it the last goal yeah. it was the last goal oh so good they're all quite similar i guess well in a sense um mm. but uh, similar in a sense to... mm. and um yeah but I, I don't know what was Erdegaard was doing but he he has done for the last few games he's he's loving a back kill and i think that he's he's doing it over and over again <laughs> which i'm all for when he's doing things like that and he He's certainly seeing a more confident Erdegaard, which I'm loving, and he's certainly looking like whether he will be or not, who knows? I think there's a couple of questions on that, so I won't go into it, but he could well be a captain, and even if he's not the captain, he'll be certainly a leader on the pitch. So, mm. um, and Oli, what, what about the Saka goal to Lacazette tee up? Yeah, um, that's a lovely goal. Um, that, as we were saying, Saka, he's just, he's bulking up. He's, he's a lot more physical than he used to be. Mm. And we saw that in him winning the possession back. So uh, he won the ball back. He plays Lacazette in. 
and Lacazette, he's taken one touch and he's managed to draw in like three players, mm. which just creates space to his right. So we can just lay uh, Lacazette off with the ball, and it's a nice back heel. And Lack, uh, sorry, lays chat at uh, lays sack off. Sorry, yeah. And then, um, and he he does he does a lovely finish, um, kind of disguise it as well to the to the right hand side. Um, it's just, that's just lovely. Can't yeah, you kind of just like like you don't you don't see that conviction. I haven't seen that level of conviction of power with Saka for a long ever really because of his age and sort of things like that. But when you look back to the Newcastle game and he slammed it in the corner and then more, more recently, really Brentford, um, this goal in particular, like the, he's really starting to slam them, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, I don't know where it's coming from. Um, mm. Probably a bit more confidence as well. Obviously um, doing some squats and hit the gym is not going to hurt. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah, no, he's, just, he's flourishing. And mm. it's, it's just great. Like, do you think it's something? Because he did this in um, in the youth system. I hear. I think James um, McNicholas from the uh, Arsenal, uh, the Arscast from Ars blog, um, often says that really the, the like what he's understood is that from the youth team he was always doing it, and often that ends up translating mm-hmm. to the adult game. It just takes time, and it, it's happening really quickly with Saka. And if he can keep this up towards the end of the season, I mean, he's. He's becoming like, um, like a Raheem Sterling level of player, and I mean at that level now. And he's he's really um, there's that video of comparison I'm sure you've seen of like Messi, um, yeah. the goal he scored, uh, <laughs> and you know the little cut in, and it's it's it, it, like obviously I'm not saying he's he's Lionel Messi. Uh, maybe one day, who knows? I'm not saying he will be, but you know, <laughs> it, I'm joking. But you know, it's like. It, it, it just shows you, I think, apart from anything else, the, the level of difficulty, speed and precision and decisiveness, I think, in the finish to be able to do that is not easy. Um, not at all. I think only, only very good. And then the other one, again, was similar, like really similar. Martinelli, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ron, I don't know what you thought what thought about that goal or there was Erdegaard and build up Lacazette again and Martinelli slams it home. Yeah, I mean, I I think we we I mean we can't talk about the score without giving a mention to Arteta, can we? You know, <laughs> with that, you know, with that playing his ball boy duties, and um, I thought that was great. I just, I mean, it just shows how fired up Arteta is, you know, mm. in the game itself. And I think it was in the it was in the post press conference that Saka was saying that you know Arteta always brings energy to the pitch. You know, he he gives energy to the team, and mm. I think that was just that was, you know, um, it just showed in that, in that act and, oh, just that Cedric, I mean, this was where Cedric played well, you know, he, he saw one touch straight to Odegaard, Odegaard, one touch to Lacazette and one touch finished by Martinelli, which as we mentioned earlier, I thought this was so reminiscent of Wenger ball and, um, and, you know, just the beautiful game that Arsenal normally play. Yeah, it really was. They kind of looked like the, was this an? I think it might have been Nuno Emery actually. I can't remember. But then the Fulham goal, when like it kind of was in the air for a bit, and then I know actually no, that it's quite different. <laughs> but do you remember there was a no. goal against Fulham where Aaron Ramsey scored a back heel. I think Henrik Mkhitaryan like crossed it into right. it. Yeah. In the build-up, yes, yes, there was quite a lot of in the air, like one touch, mm-hmm. pass it out wide. It kind of ended up like Erdogan's little touch over the top, and then it was finally set by Lacazette. But just as kind of reminiscent in the way the one touch in the air build up, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, obviously then Martinelli slams it into the top corner, and he's he had a quiet game, I thought. But you know, when the moment came, he slams one in from twenty yards, and 
no complaints, Holly. No, not at all. Um, yeah, um, it was interesting to see Pepe come on for him. I thought it was a good move, but fortunately, it's not really materialised. Mm. Um, Pe- Pepe was he was a he was a little bit well. He wasn't quite obviously. You wanted him to bring on that little bit like unpredictability, a bit of chaos. Um, but he didn't really bring it. Um, mm. So it would have been interesting to see if Martinelli could have maybe bagged another one. Yeah, see what happens if he did stay on. Well, I, I actually wanted to bring this up next. It's a good point because I, I wrote this down at the time and um, I put on the WhatsApp group between my friends. I was like, uh, this game, I said, this does not need Martinelli. So we go 3-1 up. And this is where there was a few things that happened which uh, frustrated me or, or I think was, I don't know if it was bad management because I could see the reason. But like when you, when you go 3-1 up, firstly, when you get, a stonewall penalty, again, not given. And again, I can't be bothered to go through this again. When Lacazette gets clear. <laughs> that, that, that's a stonewall penalty. Like, I can't, like, again, like, it's it's becoming really tiring and it's just really frustrating. Um, but where we yeah. can be surprised, uh, and I should look very much look forward to my dick of the day, which I'll bring up something very specific. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so so that's frustrating. That Because that goes in, that's 4-1. We don't have any of these further conversations. But they miss a couple of chances, so 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 you can see the logic Arteta's got right. There's a bit of like they're going to come for us. Pepe's going to add a bit of chaos, and this is a Pepe game because he'll be able to finish. But I kind of think that, and I text my friend at the time and said we don't need to bring Pepe on here because we need defensive solidarity and we need to shore up this game. And Pepe is going to open up a bit, and and, and that's what happened. And we ended mm-hmm. up having to bring on uh, Holding, um, which is, is, this is his kind of thing, because at three, two up, what do you do? Backs against the wall, get Holding on, you know, and just make sure that, that nothing goes. And he's very, very good at that. Um, mm-hmm. well, Eddie, Eddie came on as well. So, and that's when Soko scored. So, well, thought, thoughts on Ben White's, uh, ben White's performance? Uh, oh, oh, sorry, specifically to that goal. I mean, I mean, Ben White's seen better days. Um, but yeah, I think the goal, he, he just misjudged the ball, I think. And Sissoko just has this raw strength that, you know, he, he's had in the league for a long time that he could just, he just powered through. And mm. and it was a good finish in the end, to be fair to him. Um, I thought I thought what what was really cool about that goal was, was the pass to Sissoko. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember who who played it in, but but he but I thought that ball was perfect on the money, straight just above Zaka's head, just in just in front of Sissoko, and, and he brought it down and he did it well. I mean, it was a piece of individual brilliance, if you ask me, by Sissoko. Um, mm. Ben White could have done better. Uh, Ramsdale could have come out a little bit more. Zaka could have gone closer, but at the end of the day, all these things have to go wrong for the ball to go in to be. On, on Sissoko's side, so... Yeah, it, it, it did feel like, I think Ben White, uh, you know, I, I think we had a little bit of a lack of concentration at the back day, and I don't think yeah. any specific player had a bad game, to be honest. Um, I think, you know, Ramsdale had a couple of slightly questionable ones, but I actually also think he made some <laughs> really, really good saves. I think his passing was just slightly off. Um, but, 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 but I thought... Yeah, that like pass. Ben, yeah, exactly. I mean, that one to Saka and things like that. So... But there was like Ben White that there, he kind of makes the tackle twice. It just ricochets off him. Do you know what I mean? I think it is just mm. one of those where 
Sissoko's got his leg there. Ben White could have been stronger. It's an easy learn. I'm not too fussed about it. And I think he was very good in the way he progressed the ball went enough to, to justify it anyway. So, um, yeah, and we held on. Final whistle goes, buzzing. You know, it's another three points. Man United losing the next game. Bosh, thanks very much. Coming, going to the Leicester game. The next <laughs> um, who was your man of the match, guys? Ollie? Um, I think Saka. He's, he's, he's the main one. Um, I don't think he put a foot wrong today. Or not today. Um, on the the game, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, can't fault him. Very impressed. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I, I genuinely think, like, we're starting to see quicker than I expected to. Is just this, this another gear to Saka, and I think he's he is going to be something else. Like, if we don't give him a top four this season, I think he'll be here next season. But if we don't consistently get to Champions League, he's going places, and I don't blame mm-hmm. him. You know, he he can go right to the top and I mean right to the top and I think he's starting to show that so um, and what about you Ron? Oh it's difficult for me um, I think I'll have to go Odegaard I think just the way that he bossed this game was unreal and it was just a sign of things to come uh, I think we can all look forward to more performances like this and I mean it was a game where where the midfield was just owned by Arsenal. I, I I just don't really remember much Watford possession at all mm. in, in the middle of the park. And um, so I think Odegaard didn't really have as many defensive duties as he normally would have. Yeah. Um, there was, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a player that would run from deep from in Watford's team um, that would, you know, cause a problem for us. Uh, so I think he did. I mean, I wouldn't say he got off easy. It's just, you know, just the way that the game, just the way that Watford's team is set up. Uh, but I thought it was a true attacking masterclass from from Odegaard. And it wasn't just, you know, the goal and the pre-assist um, to Lacazette for Martinelli's goal, but mm. I think he just showed such confidence on the ball. And he just, I thought that was just really, really great. And I'm just so excited to keep watching him as he progresses. Yeah. And I'm just so glad that we got him over... 60 million Madison in, in the summer. <laughs> oh my God, honestly. You look, you look back and uh, the, 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 the talent of which we were talking about, like we were talking about getting Buendia, who's been a ghost this season. We were talking about getting Madison, who's been poor this season. Horses for courses. And we're, our, our ID, talent ID has been outrageous. And we're, we are coaching the hell out of these kids and giving them the confidence they need. And um, yeah, God, what a player. He's really becoming everything I really thought he could be. And, we were laughed at, mate. We were laughed at. And, uh, you know, well, I think we were all quietly new. We were, we were all quietly new, didn't we? And there's looking, but 35 million is an absolute steal. And I just find it hilarious that Danny Ceballos is getting minutes at Real Madrid. They must be looking back thinking, wow, what have we done? Like, what, like, honestly, I can't believe we've let these, this kid go. And um, he, I, I, you know, I think, again, he, him and Saka in particular have, have this ceiling that who knows where they could go. And I think that's a bit unfair on Emil Smith Rowe, but someone who's been in, out of the team, I suppose, a bit more. But, um, you know, all of them just look something else. So you've, you've left me in a sticky, sticky spot because <laughs> Erdogan and Saka obviously are, are the two that jump out. I'm, I'm going to give it to Thomas Party. I think, mm. you know, again, another game where he's progressed ball extremely well. He's a skip pass player again. He's broken the press and just got us on the front foot from a seemingly back foot position as per usual. So good stuff. Dick of the day, guys. Ollie? Um <laughs> See, it might not be quite right, but Roy, Roy Hodgson, um, I'm going to give it to him. Okay. Uh, there was a moment <laughs> where the camera, it panned to him. And for whatever reason, he turns back to the dugout, 
takes his jacket off, hands it over to a member of staff who has another jacket, who hands that jacket to him and puts that one on. No. Like, oh, How long is that? He's just taking a jacket off to put a different jacket on. I, I just, I thought, why not? So, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it was like a bit of an ode to Venga. <laughs> Struggling yeah. with his coat. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I love that. What about you, Ron? Uh, but my dick of the day, definitely loser. Um, just, just the way that he was, you know, there was just this moment where I think he was, uh, I think Tierney was trying to shield the ball from him um, at the, uh, at the corner of the pitch. And then, and, and Tierney managed to marshal the ball out and then, Tierney was on the floor and he just gave him an extra push. And I was just like, I mean, at that point, loser already should have yeah. had at least one yellow card. But, yeah. you know, it's just, he was just playing it. You know, it was just the referee just didn't, wasn't having any of it really, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I love that. Bit. That was so funny. And um, there was like, <laughs> I enjoyed a couple of the Watford players, actually. Kamara, the left back, the commentator, I don't know, you know, what commentary you're listening to, but. Um, like the commentator was continuously because of Saka just like saying how much of a tough day he's having. He looks knackered, you know, like at the end, there was just this bit where he's on all fours looking up at Saka just going, oh, I'm so done with this. And the referee was like, he's had a tough day. He's had a tough day, um, which I thought was hilarious as well. But um, my dick of the day is, it actually, I changed it. It was going to be, um, again, more to do with the coaching staff and things like that. But actually, there was a video uh, circulating of a, a guy. Basically, it was full time whistle. No, it wasn't. It was the it was the third goal um, from Arsenal, and there was somebody just behind the fourth official who is in full Premier League. He's got his badge. He's got his um, he's got his like name tag and all that sort. So he's a, he's a Premier League official. I don't think he was a referee, but I think he works for the Premier League in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and when our third goal went in. The level of disappointment on his face. He literally turned around and went, oh, for God's <laughs> sake. And I was like, if you want to play into this, like, I don't think that's a conspiracy, but part of the dick of the day, it's fun to explore, isn't it? So, like, it's just, like, you want to play into this rhetoric of not giving us any penalties, like, and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. And I'd love to someone to go together and, and put together a compilation of all the refereeing decisions that, or all the not penalties we've got since... January the 1st, like it's, it's yeah. actually insane. Um, I'd like to see them, um, and, and, you know, but uh, anyway, I thought that was quite funny. But um, mm-hmm. let's move on to some of the questions we've got because everyone's submitted some really good questions actually today. Um, so let's let's get into them. That's some good questions. Okay, so oh, let's start this one. So Sesco Faro, I hope that's a, an ode to Sesk himself, who was quite active at Twitter this weekend, which is very good. Um, get Nabry to come back to North London. So some of the questions there. Um, yeah, what, what do you think about Nabry and his situation? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, obviously, we would have loved to keep him. And it doesn't look like he's going to sign for Bayern. Um, he's, what, I think 26 now? Mm. So... He's still got years in the tank, and we all know he's a superstar. He loves to score against London clubs. So if we've got him, I think why not? Yeah, we could we could do with that as well. Just like, what, what's going on with him at Bayern? Is is he playing? He's playing tonight. Oh, he's definitely playing. Yeah, he's right. playing now. Isn't he? Uh, yeah. against, uh, oh, Salzburg. He got a goal as well. Actually, did he? He, he scored the four, he scored the fourth oh. goal. There you go. What? Yeah. 
funny okay fair enough i mean it's yeah. look i i've got it's five one that's insane um yeah <laughs> so I, mean, I, I i can't put I, I can't put anything to this i'm confused by it i mean if you'd asked me to begin the season which Gnabry going to be linked to us i think i've literally a bit in your hand off but like the way we're going you know if if we can keep this momentum up we can get in the champions league i think we'll have a sniff right um and I think, you know, the post he did this weekend of him in an Arsenal shirt uh, was extremely <laughs> cryptic. But look, I think there's going to be a lot of good teams sniffing around with some extremely good offers. And I think if, if we're going to have to get him, we might have to break the bank slash um, even break our page structure. So I don't really know if we get top four or even top three, dare I say, then then, then who knows? Um, Ron, do you think we'll get him? I mean, I'm, I'm just... I'm just looking now. I think his his contract runs till 2023, so he still has about 18 months left. Just maybe under that, 16 months now. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, it'll be great to get him. I think a couple of lads were talking about it the other day, and um, I think he does have this this superstar quality, which which you know which would be great, especially if we're going to be going into the Champions League next season. You know, hopefully. Um, and trying to be a regular and, you know, not just going to the Champions League just to lose 10 to Dubai, but to no. you know, really make an effort and, make, you know, put a dent in, you know, I think we would need these type of players. You know, he's he's been at Bayern for the last couple of years. He's played amazingly. We all love that game that he smashed. How many how many goals did he put past Tottenham? Four, five. For Bayern? Four or five? Oh, yeah, I mean. Four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we would absolutely love that, wouldn't we? Um, Definitely. I, I am I am very cautious about the pay structure. I mean, there I mean there there must be a reason why he can't get a deal in Bayern when he's regularly playing. So mm. if minutes isn't a problem and if you know and if he, he wanted to move on, he would just say so. Um so I, I do think it's a financial thing. Um, you know. Or speculation, really, but it, it probably is a financial thing. And if Bayern can't afford to or doesn't want to pay him the amount of money that, you know, that he's asking for, it's difficult to to see Arsenal Arsenal willing to do that. Yeah, I I, I can't see it as well. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I we'll see, we'll see. But if if he's asking for a lot of money from Bayern and they're not prepared to pay it, then who knows? But it could be just he he wants to get to the Premier League, whether it's with Arsenal or someone else. But a lot of players do think that at the moment. A lot, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of talent, and it's the best league in the world at the moment. I think it, it is cyclical. You know, recently it was Spain and Italy, um, and often can be Germany as well. But but actually at the moment it, it is very much in the UK, so in England I should say so. Um, we'll see. So, Lands uh, underscore AZ says, How many points do you reckon we'll get from the games that have been delayed? I think four. So, the games that are delayed are that that's Liverpool, Chelsea, and Spurs. Am I right? Yes, at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Liverpool, Spurs, and Tottenham. Yeah. I think four is fair. Like, I think we'll beat Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really tough, but we've got those six games coming up, uh, sorry, three games in six days. Uh, it's going to be really important, but let's say that it is those three games, Chelsea away, Spurs away, Liverpool home. Liverpool are playing in the Champions League and are playing some really big games. I think they'll have to probably rest some players. 
I think we could get a point there. Chelsea aren't everything. I think we could get a point there. And I think we'll be Spurs. I think we'll get five. I, I think I'll be happy with three. Um, I think like I, 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 I think there's definitely a possibility that we could come out with a zero. This mm-hmm. is that's why I'm sort of saying that. And um, as long as we're you know making up some room and we've got those extra three points in the games in hand, then that, that'll do me. Particularly the other games we've got this season. So, what what do you think? Like, actually, I'll be happy with four. <laughs> beat, beat Spurs and just get a point out of either Chelsea or Liverpool. I think that'll be a good going as well. Um, yeah. Or even, like, three draws wouldn't be too bad. Um, it's obviously not it's not as nice as four, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just don't lose. Yeah. That, that really. <laughs> because that's psychologically, that's huge. And, but we haven't, we haven't drawn many games this season. Like, we've turned a lot of those draws either into wins or losses, more so wins. I'll back us. Why yeah. not? We could get five. Let's get five. Let's yeah. get five. Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to do you guys one better. I think we can get six. We can get six. Mate, if we get nine, yeah. I'm, 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 going, I'm, going, I'm going streaking down Holloway Road. Honestly. <laughs> you heard it here first, right? <laughs> I'll hold you to that. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Definitely hold you to that. Um, love it. Love it. Okay. Let's let's do two more questions. Let's do one sensible one and one very silly one. So, uh, underscore Jesk has said, how do you see Arsenal performing in the Champions League next season if we qualify? Which I think is an incredibly good question. And I kind of want to add to that to really lay it on, say, how do you think we'll actually get on next season overall? Because I actually think that's probably more the point. Um, what, what, what do you think? Oh, I... I mean, I, I mean, I mentioned a 10-2 earlier. Um, so obviously that still rings in my mind on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just see the squad and we are very thin at the moment. Um, yeah. So depending on who we sign in the summer, do we get that striker? Because if we do get that striker, then Lacazette is a perfect backup striker if mm-hmm. we re-sign Lacazette as well um, and Ketia goes out of contract um, so I think we do have a very thin squad how will we do oh, it's, it's difficult to stay to stay unbiased on this isn't it It's. Mm. I think if we get out I think we could definitely get out of the group stage I, I I I struggle to think that we wouldn't get out of the group stage. I think we'd get out of the group stage, but it'd be difficult to say that we would do well against in the knockout stages. I think if we if maybe if we get a lucky draw, if we get like I don't want to put any other team down really, but if we do get a better draw um, and not face Bayern or Real Madrid mm. or Juventus. You know, then I think we could we could do okay, but then but then at what cost, right? In the league, um, yeah, I think that's the question. I think I think if we do make a if if we don't make those signings, I don't think we would make top four if we made a run in the Champions League next season. That's it, and um, this is the thing about coming fourth that we keep saying. It's like, well, that's that is all well and good, and it is amazing. Would be great. Haven't done it yet. But secondly, you've got to do it again. You don't just get into the top four and then you got like, you know, you don't stay in there forever. Like you've got to do it again and again and again. 
and it isn't just Man United that are creeping up behind. I mean, oh, that Tottenham aren't going anywhere. I'm not worried about them. But, you know, you've got <laughs> the likes of West Ham um, that are making moves. There'll be others. Like, uh, Everton aren't having a good season, but they've got money. Um, and, like, if they had a bit of structure behind them, I think they could be really powerful. Aston Villa are making business. They're doing things, right? This mm. is not an easy league. And I actually genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that the Premier League at the moment is a better quality than the Champions League overall. Um, that's the sort of state I think European football's in. Bar your like not Madrid, not Barcelona at the moment, but you know, other than Bayern and Juventus, it's pretty slim pickings. Like, you know, Barcelona in the Europa League, not even doing that well. Um, Madrid obviously winning the league, but uh, I you know, they I suppose they're playing PSG. PSG I put in that bracket as well, I should say, actually. But mm-hmm. You know, and uh, they, they are going to recharge. They are going to get better. But I think, as it stands, if we built our squad and we're in the Champions League, I think we'd be doing fine in the Champions League. Probably like quarters, maybe. Impossible to say. But I guess the other flip side <laughs> of that is, but like, but but I think that would be at the detriment to the Premier League. And I think the Premier League is a higher quality overall. And I think, um, yeah, the, the the squad's too thin. Um, but I think you know, I suppose the, the the unanswerable question is what kind of players that would attract to Arsenal. And what what we'd have to do to start staying in the Champions League, um, and God knows what Newcastle are going to be doing. So, alrighty, um, let's let's do one more. Okay, uh, heck is only says which Arsenal player is most likely to win in a game of British Bulldog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a few. Obviously, you need a bit of a brute, or you need someone that could run past everyone. Exactly, yeah. Like a nippy one. Um, like Saka, probably, because he's looking quite strong yeah. as well at the moment. He's you know he's strong, he's agile, mm. he's got some legs on him. Mm. I think I, I think I'm gonna say him, you know. Either him or Ramsdale. Like Ramsdale would just charge past everyone. Yeah, I'd say Ramsdale. Yeah. But you also have like outside shell Cedric. Um he's tiny. <laughs> he's gonna run through people's legs. He's fighting. <laughs> he could get there. Imagine. That's so funny. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh dear. Well, um, well, let's let's go. We'll go with Sacco. We'll go with Cedric. Maybe those two in, in the final, but it's an interesting one. But, um, well, look, um, Leicester next. Very excited. Um, looking forward to that game. Got. I'm actually going to that. Got a free. Got a free ticket. That's not true. I've got a, a single ticket. Going. Uh, going again on my own. But I'm meeting up with Steve, who's often on this from In the Clock End podcast. Very excited. So. Um, lovely to speak to you guys. I'm looking forward to Leicester. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on, both of you. Well, thank you. Great. No worries. Thank you. It was great to be on. Awesome. Well, look, thanks so much for coming on. Everybody else, tune in again next week, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you after we have absolutely dispatched Leicester and everybody else who is near us or around us has lost, which is very exciting. So uh, thanks again, and we'll speak to you next week. Cheers, all.